1: here's some tips for maintaining your trex deck um occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade splinter or warp trex the world's number one decking brand we love our dogs they love to race check out grnz.co.nz for everything new zealand greyhounds this is dog speed with mark rosinowski and dan roberts on ecnz
2: the and just like that, another week has gone and greyhound racing as fast as our quickest chases. It's another seven days down. Mark Rosinowski and Dan Roberts with you this week. Got a very, very interesting show. Talk more about that in a moment. Better bring in Dan Roberts because I'm in petoni he's in Christchurch. Last week we were together so much easier, Dan, but um, look, I can see you through a camera and you're looking good this morning.
3: It is a lot easier when we're together, Rosso, especially, uh, I can't actually see you this week, the cameras are not working my end, but uh, I'm sure we'll manage.
2: Oh mate, I I can assure you, I'm looking as sharp as you are, Uh, (laughs) dressed in black actually, just a touch funereal, but um, that's not in keeping with the show, got some really good guests coming up, going to catch up with uh, Rob Roper shortly, Uh, Rob's a trainer who's got a team of four in at Monaco, including... One pretty warm favourite, one sort of second or third favourite, and a couple of longer odds, but actually look like decent chances. So Dan will take uh, Rob through that team not too long from now. Of course, this time next week, Dan will be reflecting on the Nationals from the night before at Wentworth Park in Sydney. And really devastating news this week uh, that uh, Gene and Dave Fahey have had to scratch Opawa Superstar from the Sprint Championship there with a uh, hip support problem but uh, Dan that's the, the nature of greyhound racing.
3: Yeah unfortunately it is it can all change pretty quickly Rosso it's a, it's a huge shame that he won't be able to go over there and represent us in Australia.
2: However um, we do have no keeper going of course for the distance final so our guest in the middle of the show is going to be Jason Lincoln. Now Jason is um, a well-respected Sky Racing Australia presenter and host of the Catching Pen which plays on track side here and we have had a uh, him on the show before giving his insight to the best greyhounds around Australia. It's so going to have a chat to Jason about the, the Nationals, where they sit at the moment on the calendar, uh, and also we're going to focus on the Australian threats to no keeper in that distance final, and there's one in particular, obviously the favourite, Super Estrella, uh, who's $1. sixty-five on the New Zealand TAB with no keeper at $12, but We'll get some thoughts from uh, Jason as to how he thinks snowkeeper, what sort of a run he'll get from box number one uh, no, box number two with the dogs around him, and whether there's some other threats outside of uh, Super Estrella in that final next Saturday night. And at the end of the show, we're going to catch up with Gurwin Price. Now, Dan, I don't know what you like with the arrows, but of course, Gurwin's one of the very best, the Iceman. And... Um, He's Welsh and, and a former professional rugby and rugby league player, but turned to darts about ooh, eight years ago or so and made some pretty um, rapid progress. And he's currently ranked number one in the, the PDC, the Professional Darts Corporation. He won the World Championship in 2021. I so see he got beaten in the semis at Wollongong last night. So I hope he's okay this morning, Gerwin, and uh, happy to chat with us. The reason we've got him on this show is because he is the Greyhound ambassador for the Great Britain Greyhound Board. Dan, you're from a sporting family. I've seen your old man play a few games. He's thrashed me in everything you can possibly suggest, and I know Matt's pretty good too. What about yourself?
3: Oh, I dabble. I dabble in a few things. Not great at not great at anything in particular, but just just dabble.
2: <laughs> well, I know you played football yesterday and won, uh, and you came off uninjured. So that's the main thing. What about the darts though? You must you must throw a few at the local.
3: I I do love the game of darts I can't say I play it all that much I mean I've got a dartboard in the garage which I probably don't use as much as I should but I I I love the game and I've got a huge respect for the game Mm.
2: well um Price you would have seen throw uh, a few times
3: yeah yeah I love watching him um he can be a bit controversial to watch at times as as uh well as darts fans will know but um He's just—he's a freak of nature, and to be able to to play sports like rugby league and union at, at such a high level, and then come in and and be the world darts number one—what can't the man do?
2: <laughs> well, indeed, we might get the chance to find out. And uh, he should be on his way to uh, Hamilton the next couple of days too, of course, because uh, next stop for the PDC uh, is in Hamilton this weekend, Friday and Saturday. So that will be uh, awesome. So uh, Gwynne Price, uh, we hope we'll uh, we'll pick up at the end of the show. Um, Dan, on, on the, the racetrack, we could argue it's probably been a quiet week. Outside of that, obviously with the scratching of a power superstar, some big news there. Uh, other big news, uh, new CEO has been appointed of Greyhound Racing New Zealand, Edward Rennell Dan, I don't know how much you've had to do with, with Edward, but of course he's very well known in racing circles, particularly Harness Racing. He uh, was a long-time CEO of Harness Racing New Zealand, and and also uh, recently he's been General Manager of Broadcasting and Operations at uh, Trackside. So, Dan's certainly a very experienced hand coming in uh, to the CEO role at GRNZ.
3: Yeah, he certainly seems a good fit, doesn't he? Um, 21 years at HRNZ, so he obviously is pretty clued up with the racing game, and uh, I'm sure he'll be a good fit for us at Greyhound Racing New Zealand.
2: I know uh, he follows the Greyhounds uh, pretty cr- closely to uh, Edward. We'll get him on the show. He starts September 1st. We'll get him on the show uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And Dan, probably the only other thing that's sort of been happening during the week has been the uh, the naming of the uh, the finalists for the Greyhound Racing New Zealand Awards and they're all available on uh, GRNZ website there if people want to check those out. Of course, the awards dinner coming up September 17th down there uh, in in Christchurch, your home city.
3: Yeah, I've, uh, I've never managed to get to an awards in Christchurch yet, so uh, be it'd fi- be good to finally get one in the backyard and uh, don't have to trek too far away from home. Perhaps the
2: most wide-open category is the sprinter. There's been five finalists named there, and two of them did battle at Manawatu on Friday, Dan. And uh, this week, Big Time Prada came from behind Typhoon Tim, and they're both uh, finalists in that top five for the, the sprinter of the year, and they've uh, they've traded blows the last two weeks at Manawatu.
3: I think uh, I think we can pin that down as the race of the week. Uh, I watched the replay before I came into the studio earlier on, and I thought Typhoon Tim had it had it sewn up, turning in, and he sort of he he kicked and kept kicking, but Prada just got over the top of him.
2: Hmm. Dude, and um, the other match race on Friday, uh, Dan, uh, was Mustang Charlie versus Federal Infrared, and Infrared had made a big impact going down to to your place, Addington, and winning first up down there. Ran the fastest time of the night on Nationals night. Um, I thought she'd win on Friday because I just thought she'd be under the lead. Mustang Charlie would be doing as usual. Well, she actually jumped really slowly. And, of course, Mustang Charlie was back there too. They were the last two. They ended up being the first two, but Charlie was in front of her. And once that occurred, that was game, set, match. Unfortunately, it was a a very rough race and a couple of dogs went down, although they did uh, find their way to the lure. So, uh, Dan, I'm not sure how much we learned there, but Federal Infrared certainly needed to jump at the top level, first class five race, top level. You've got to be on the bunny.
3: Yeah, you can't afford to give those C five dogs a head start, and it was interesting. It's almost like they said to each other, "Well, how about we both come out last, and we'll see who's better than the other." But uh, obviously, <laughs> Charlie got the got the run up the rail, and uh, yeah, infrared got a bit lucky. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of carnage in that race, like you said, but um, was probably always going to be a case of out of the two, who led would win, and and that that became evident up the straight.
2: Indeed, righto, Dan. Time for us to move on. It's eight minutes after twelve here on Dog Speed with GRNZ. Check out all of the information around Greyhound Racing on grnz.co.nz. Back shortly, we're going to catch up with Rob Rob Roper, trainer directly out of Monaco Stadium. And as always, on a Sunday, we have the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club racing at Monaco Stadium. First race at 12.52, so not too far away from there. And there's a trainer with a small team of four in today who I think could have a, a pretty decent David, afternoon of it. Let's hope so. Let's find out from the man himself. It's uh, Rob Roper. Uh, Rob, good afternoon to you.
1: Good afternoon, Rosie. I
2: oh, can hear the dogs barking. You're in the right spot. We're going to get it straight from the dog's mouth here. Um, look, just <laughs> before I get Dan Roberts to take over and look through your uh, look through your team. Um, what are the conditions like there today? Because of, laws, uh, of course we we lost most of the Northern meeting at um, at Cambridge on Thursday. So how was it today?
1: Yeah, beautiful, mate. Beautiful spring day. I think it's come early.
2: <laughs> well, that's good to hear. So we're not going to have any issues uh, today around uh, weather and hopefully not uh, lure issues either. Uh, Dan Roberts there. Um, I know you've been looking through this uh, this team of, of Robs. Let's see if we can't find some winners, eh?
3: Yeah, he's got, a, got just a s- small team of four, but they all look pretty good chances on paper. And the first of those is uh, race two, number eight, Buckland Reg Rob he uh, comes up at a dollar seventy five. What do you make of his chances today?
1: Oh mate, as soon as he come up with the pink, I was pretty happy, and um, I know the dollar seventy five short, but he'll really enjoy it out there. He's a dog that started jumping, and to be honest, mate, if he gets around, no trouble in the first hundred yards
3: should be too good. I see he hasn't had a start at Auckland yet. Has he had a trial around there?
1: Yeah, when he first come up from Christchurch, mate, he obviously did most of his education here. Um qualied at Cambridge and then his most recent I made up a quali with him going back about six weeks ago, which he won. He ran eighteen ninety two, but there was a bit of trouble in it. But he'll he'll run the eighty seven around here with a clear run, you know. So it's yeah, it's good enough to win that.
3: Yep, so the confidence levels are definitely there and uh moving on to Race three, number eight again. Buckland Boy also draws the pink. How do you think he's going to go today? Not ideal at eight.
1: You know, like his record out of the eight shows it's all right, but he doesn't like it. Um, I think he won a maiden sprint out of eight and found the lead off eight over 5 to 7 and another start that um, would definitely need to find the lead. Um, gets caught out, he's no, no chance. He only works when he gets on the paint, mate, and he'd probably need to break that field up down the back to be a chance.
3: Yep, and uh, moving on, race five. Now, you got number three, Allegro Rory, here paint 13s and 3.30. I thought this could have been a good each-way bet. Last start, second, comes up with box three. How do you think he's going to go today?
1: Well, he always runs your race, old Rory, as long as he jumps. And as we know, he's a mad railer. So um, he has been wondering the start a little bit. He just hasn't been coming away cleanly. But um, you always get a 100%, 100% out of Rory, and um, hopefully he jumps and finds the paint. And, um, yeah, like you say, good each-way odds, mate.
3: And then the last one of your four comes up in race ten, draws the red rug, big time Felix. He could be another one at each way odds here. He seems to love the red rug. How's he been going? And what are you expecting from him today?
1: Yeah, I like him, Dan. He, um you know he does, he likes the inside and um obviously you ready boots is gonna take a bit of beating and she's very short in the market, but um you know, if it turns into an 40 go, which you ready boots can do, he'll be he'll be there, he'll probably run a place but if it turns into 18.50,
3: 18.60, mate, I can see him winning it. Mm. So if we had to ask for your best bet of the day, what are you going to tip us into?
1: Well, I won't tip you the second dog. Let's go a bit of value big time feel it's mate.
3: <laughs> You've got a handy wee team in today, so good luck with uh, with your runners there, Rob. Thank you, guys.
2: That's uh, Rob Roper there with his team, and uh, Dan, uh, obviously... Um, bit A uh, bit of confidence around the first. I think I think in race two, Buckland Rig, a uh, dog that we can throw into Multis. That should be his race today. He's from a pretty handy litter too. You've seen a few of them. Donna Elwin, uh, Triquitista, uh, pretty handy. And um, yeah, Rob, pretty confident there. So that's the first leg of the early quaddie as well. He's offering out a bit, bit of value later on, which is really good. Uh, team of four, always worth looking at, I think, uh, Rob's greyhounds. Um, Dan, speaking of teams, Tell me you've got eight in in a day or two. What's going on there?
3: Eight in on Tuesday. The whole team is ready to launch. Uh, I can't remember the last time I had eight in in a day, spread between Invercargill and Addington. I think I've got four at each venue. So uh, I'm not sure if I'll be making the trip down to Invercargill. Hopefully, I won't be making the trip to Invercargill. I'll just take the nice (laughs) half hour drive to Addington, would be better. But yeah, big team of eight.
2: Well, when do you determine that? I mean, we're not far away. (laughs) <laughs> You'll be leaving for Southland shortly, if you are going,
3: <laughs> yeah, um, I just I just keep quiet, keep my head down, and uh, hopefully Dad will overlook me, and uh, he'll he'll jump in and take the steering wheel himself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So uh, are there one or two in there that we should be looking at from f- from your team uh, at either uh, Ascot or um, or indeed Addington?
3: Uh Verdon Bale, uh, he's running out noms at Invercargill. I think the 390 is going to suit him down to the ground. He was an impressive winner um, at Addington on Thursday night. I think he won in the best of the night as well, to be fair. So if uh, if he can jump as good as he did at Addington on Thursday, I think he's, uh, he's definitely a major player and, and would be very hard to beat if he got on the bunny. Um, outside of him, I've got one coming back from a wee injury at Addington, uh, Empty Garden, and uh, I'm expecting a bold showing from him first up.
2: Okay, that's uh, that's noted, Dan. Um, how many can you actually take? I mean, how many kennels have you got available to you?
3: I've got 10 kennels and 11 dogs, so uh, the old man's had to okay. lend me a kennel for the time being, and uh, I don't think it'll get much bigger than that um, unless I uh, manage to con the old man out of a few more kennels, but I can't see that happening in the near future.
2: No, he's going all right. Um, I think you're officially full, Dan. Righto, that's us uh, here on GRNZ, and... Uh, uh, SENZ with Dog speed this afternoon. It's coming up to 19 after 12. We're going to cross the Tasman a couple of times uh, in this program, and the first of them is coming soon. Jason Lincoln is the man we're going to chat to from Sky Racing Australia and the host of The Catching Pen. We want his insight about the national sprint and distance finals at Wentworth Park in Sydney this Saturday night, especially his thoughts around the rivals for no keeper. If you haven't heard the news... Um, Opawa Superstar has been withdrawn from the National Sprint Final. I understand the uh, Queensland rep Magical Cindy is also out, so both ballots will be in there. New South Wales Dogs, Bandit Ned and Ritsadona, who were second and third in the New South Wales Heat, will come in for Magical Cindy and Opawa Superstar, who will be scratched from uh, boxes six and seven there. But, of course, we do have No Keeper and Gary Cleave making their way across to Sydney on Tuesday and taking their place in that final over 720 metres on Saturday night. Who are the toughest to beat? Well, I think the market tells us one, Super Australia and indeed the heats and what Super Australia did there. But we'll find out more from Jason Lincoln right after this on Dog Speed with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Well, 24 New Zealand time here on Dog Speed with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Please check out lovegreyhounds.org.nz. It's just the most gorgeous uh, clips of greyhounds you've ever seen, adult and of course pups whose heart doesn't melt at the sight of a litter of greyhound pups. Now we're going to talk about greyhound pups that become very fast dogs and are able to represent their state or indeed their country in the Nationals because this coming weekend, Saturday night, Wentworth Park in Sydney, we have the National Sprint and National Distance Grand Final after we had uh, state and country heats, country I refer to, New Zealand, uh, Thursday before last. Now, Opawa Superstar, won the New Zealand heat of the Nationals unfortunately had to be scratched this week by Gene and Dave Fahey with a uh, unfortunate uh, injury to the hip support for a power superstar might keep him sidelined for about a month but no keeper uh, will be there representing New Zealand in the Nationals distance final and of course Gary Cleave with no keeper going over on Tuesday. So we thought we'd get the Australian perspective, uh, an expert, uh, a man who I have been able to work with uh, live, also done a little bit of work with on the phone. We've had him on before. Friend of the show, we'll call him. It's uh, Jason Lincoln from Sky Australia. Jason, good morning to you, your time.
4: Morning, Rosno. Glad to be with you, brother. um, I've I've been anxiously awaiting catching up with you again, post you helping us out on Sky, plus with the Nationals and anyone that tuned in would have been in for a hell of a trade. I mean, to see that um, modelling portfolio photo of you that we used on screen with something else, I had no idea you were <laughs> there. <answer. laughs>
2: no, thank you. I was wondering how long it would take you to bring that up, Jason, but uh, you're referring Straight to in. a photograph that I... Yeah, I, 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 I sent this photograph. It was, it was just all all I had on offer, I'm afraid. You suggested it was from 1989. Well, you're only about 10 years out, mate. It was, it was, was, It's about... <laughs> It's, a, it's about twenty-three years old that photo, but I reckon, mate. Like seriously, some a uh, decent make it makeup artist and some good lighting. I wouldn't come up too far off that, would I?
4: No, I thought, uh, as I said to you, I thought it, it, it did wonders for your profile over here. I can tell you that there are a lot of ladies <laughs> asking a lot of questions <laughs> at Wentworth Park that night.
2: Oh, well, mate, when we've got uh, people as good looking as you uh, hosting the catching pin, <laughs> um, you know, I've got to do everything I can to work in my favour. Getting, getting serious, uh, Jason, and obviously I want to talk about the Nationals' distance in the main. Um, however, I did say earlier that um, obviously a power Superstar is officially scratched from the National Sprint Grand Final, and I said that Magical Cindy was also scratched from Queensland. Um, Elizabeth Whelan from Greyhound Racing New Zealand has pointed out that officially she isn't out of the market. I noticed that we have taken her out of the market on the TAB, but... Is there any update there? Because Dan Roberts, my co-host, also read an article that was kind of suggesting that she would be out, but she wasn't officially out. So can you help us out there?
4: Look, I, what the information that you've got is as is up-to-date as the rest of us have got. I would say that she's, you know, as much as, uh, you know, we're sitting here doing the form, you can um, yeah, you can not, not expect her to be there. But I think just with the wagering companies, until they formally come out with the stewards, they're reluctant to pull them out because... You know, if they make a miraculous recovery, it's impossible to put them back into the betting. So that's really just them covering their backside,
2: I'd say. OK, good as. Thank you for that, Jason. Uh, let's talk about the Nationals' distance grand final. You know that we've been desperate for no keeper to get over there and to tackle the uh, the best stry- stayers currently in uh, Australia. Uh, and he comes up with box number two. Now, we watched the heats, the state heats, and the, the dog obviously we're all scared of is, is Super Australia, who won the New South Wales heat and wasn't too far outside Tornado Tears track record so I'd like your thoughts obviously around Super Australia and indeed uh, any of the other uh, of no keepers rivals that we should be keeping a close eye on Jason
4: Yeah sure I mean look a holistic view of the you know the field that he takes on I guess Um, again probably a bit of a snapshot I guess Ros of the health of Australian stars and I think I brought this up last time I was on with you I can't remember a time where we've had this less um, like depth across the board, there are some very, very good stays and you named a couple of them and there are a few of them engaged in this final. But um, once you get beyond the top handful of stayers in Australia at the moment, it thins out pretty quick. And um, I think the other thing that would um, would ring true with a lot of formalists analysts is the majority of them, you, you, they're not just, they're proving not to be very dependable from one run to the next. Um, you know, we'll see, for argument's sake, a superstrella on 41 41 night, but then coming out and get run down in 41 90 the next time. So, um, I would say this is an ideal time for no keeper to be going over. Um, you know, it had it been a couple of years ago, and we did have dogs like Tornado Tears, Rip and Sam, you know, Blue Moon Rising, these sort of dogs that might have been a little bit trickier, but I think, he's, um, yeah, I think he's absolutely coming across at the right time and he's. And he's found a race where, you know, if you were to take Super Australia out, and the betting sort of tells you this, if you take her out, the rest of them are pretty even. Um, I mean, just going sort of through them from top to bottom. Zara Bell's the single-figure quote I can see at the moment, a West Australian who's got no early pace, um, has managed to string a good sequence of wins together there at Cannington. But, you know, my opinion with backmarkers, um, you know, going to strange tracks, they generally need a couple of looks just because of the way they run their races. The dogs that find it, you know, pretty easy are the ones that generally jump on the bunny and, um, you know, they're certainly not unsighted getting around. So, um, look, as long as no keeper can cross bell early, get himself a nice position on the fence. Gypsy while outside of him, has got a bit of pace. Super Estrella's probably your most likely leader. Colin Wonder's a little bit tough to try and line up Rosso. He's from Tasmanian without sort of poo-pooing the Tasmanian form too much. Um their stay is generally just making up the numbers. He's 100 to 1. And look, in reality, I'd say there's probably a zero missing there. Um, Days of Thunder trialled last night at Ipswich on her own, though. And look, Days of Thunder, I guess, probably encapsulates what I was just alluding to moments ago. She can look like a superstar one week. Um, in fact, she can look like a superstar for a couple of runs in a row. But then if you go through a form, you'll see little bits and pieces where She's gone around short odds and been rolled. I think she got back two runs ago at a dollar thirty where she had every possible. And if you go back sort of another four or five runs, it's about a dollar twenty, a dollar thirty at Albion Park, gone into a pretty straightforward race and it's just a non factor. So she can be a little bit moody. And as I said, she tried on her own at Ipswich and went poorly. Um, the fifth grade on the same night went I think four lengths faster. Now, I wouldn't hold that against too much because, as I said, I think on her own she wouldn't necessarily try too hard. Um, she needs a bit of competition days of thunder. But again, she's a, a rogue backmarker Rosso who, you know, I would expect to not have too many behind her when they settle. Moraine Soo is the, the real question mark. She's jumped out of the ground. Her past couple of runs here in Victoria, um, again, the Victorian stays are very much maligned at the moment. You know, even the top ones like Jarek Bale have got the little crosses next to their name. But she's um, she's only had the two or three 700, so she's the, the fresh meat, I guess, Rosso, in that respect. And she ran really fast time to win that final at Sandown, so I respect her. Um, and fantastic Bradley's the South Australian. He dominates racing week in, week out there in South Australia. Now, the added advantage he's got is next New South Wales Greyhound, who's got plenty of experience around Wetworth Park already. I think he already has a sub of 42 win at 20. Um When we have seen him come across um, onto the Eastern Seaboard and tackle some of the feature races, in recent times, Rosso, he hasn't necessarily measured up, but again, this wouldn't be the deepest contest in the world, and the fact that he's got some winning experience will, will stand him um, in good stead. Uh, the big query dog that completely changed the market the first reserve, Rosso, Zip in Kansas. Now, if he was to get a run, he actually went quicker than Super Estrella last night and he went 41-44. So um, I know he's the second favourite at the moment, but I would think if he gets a run, Super is likely to ease a little bit and heat firm.
3: Uh, I was just about to mention, Jason, uh, interesting runners up in Kansas. They'd be uh, praying and crossing everything. I'd imagine at this point that they did manage to get a run in that race uh, next Saturday night after last night's performance.
4: Yeah, yeah absolutely right, Robbo. And again, look to double down on what I've been saying, um, you can go through a few of his recent runs where he just hasn't been interested. And Jason Magry doesn't pull any punches. He came out and said as much in the recorder that the dog's just not putting in. Um, his run in the heat of the sand down cut was inglorious. Um, I'm very, very surprised the stewards didn't take action there. there. Now, what I would say, his most recent three runs, in particular his last two, he's really cotton back onto the job. So maybe he's switched back on now, Kansas. And, yeah, it's a highly relevant point you make. As I said, I, I would expect if he goes in, uh, look, We'll talk in general figures. Superstore's about a dollar across the board here in Australia. Fixed odds at the moment. If he was to go in, I'd say she'd probably ease to one eighty-five, one ninety-ish. Rosal and um, Kansas would probably firm into about a three-dollar quote. I would have thought.
2: Jason, really appreciate your insight into those uh, rivals of, of No Keeper. And in listening to you, I I feel like I still have some confidence that uh, No Keeper if he can bring his best to uh, Wentworth Park. And, and there's a few imponderables there, obviously, with the, with the travel and yep. settling into a new track. And he's not going to trial on the track on Wednesday. He's going to go straight in. Um, but um, certainly still have that confidence that he's got a bit of speed to the outside, the three, the four, but no speed to the inside. And, um, and that it's a really good time for him to be going there. So in mm. uh, each way play.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, if he shows up in his best form, and I wouldn't profess to know the New Zealand form, absolutely not as well as you guys, but not even probably as well as a bloke like Jalen um who is right across it here in, here in Australia. So I sort of get my leads from Joe a little bit with regards to the New Zealand form. And um, you know from what he's told me about the dog, what is he at the moment? He's about an $18 chance. Certainly be worth a shekel each way, I would have thought, Rosso.
2: Indeed, yeah, we got them tighter at $12 an hour market, as you would probably uh, expect. You'll yep. attract a bit of money at double figures here, there's no doubt about that. Um, the uh, national sprint final, obviously, uh, power Superstar out, which is a, a great shame, but uh, certainly the favoured candidates have, have drawn close in. New South Wales heat winner Simply Limelight on the New Zealand TAB, $2.50. One thing I'll say about that uh, New South Wales uh, state final there, Jason, I had to watch it 10 times, it was pretty rough.
4: You're not wrong. Um, yeah, it took a bit of watching, didn't it? And look, with, as we said, Magic or Cindy, more than likely to come out, New South Wales is actually going to have four representatives in this. So it's basically New South Wales versus the rest of the world. Um, the key to the box draw, Rosso, is Dusty Berbski. Um, You watch all of his runs in Victoria, um, especially from low draws, and uh, beautifully he had the checks in the Victorian State Final, So you can compare like for like there if you want to watch him go from box two last start. But he wants to immediately get to the middle of the track. And on that basis, he's going to open up a lot of room for Simply Limelight to operate in down on the inside. And he came out and won a free-for-all at Wendy last night from box six, which is completely unsuitable for him. He's a mad, mad railer. Uh, Dog's running 29.40. and He's the, the obvious winner of the race of mine, just given the draw. Um, I would have thought Good Odds Cash was absolutely capable of pushing him, but she's got the worst of the draw drawn outside Dusty Birdsky. And the dog I think um, that everyone's very, very wary of is the West Australian dog, Throttle. And um, West Australia got a great record in this race. They're actually the defending champions with a premium chair winning last time. Of course, your boy ran third in that. Um, Dinah Dave. And um, look, I would have thought that Throttle, especially with Magical Cindy coming out, that just takes some of the pressure on his outside. Um, speed-wise, out of the race. Bandit, Ned wants to use some of the track. Richard Donner's not a brilliant beginner fly for tricks. is not McInerney. He wants to stay wide. So, Donald's not badly drawn now, and he's been running pretty close to the record there at Cannington recently. rozzo he's, he's garnered a big, big reputation here in Australia very, very quickly, this dog. He'd be one of the strongest greyhounds over 500 metres going around.
2: Yeah, fascinating, Jason. Really appreciate your insight there. I've taken a lot of notes. I'm sure uh, listeners will have too. Those markets are open in New Zealand on the New Zealand TAB, so we can have a, a decent crash at them. Um, Jason, before we let you go, uh, watching the catching pen during the week and talk about the Nationals not being as strong as they have been in the past, um, stake money potentially to do with that because of the incredible stakes around some of the other races. So... Can you just, for those who didn't catch the catching pen, um, just reiterate those thoughts and what could be done for the Nationals? Because for, look, for, for New Zealand, um, you know, with us now being invited into it, and it's a shame that COVID sort of cost us the last couple of years, we're actually pretty excited about them.
4: Yeah, look, I mean, I guess from our perspective, it's um, I guess the prize money's the thing that people have spoken about first and foremost, but I think prestige will always um, will always compensate a little bit for, for prize money, so I don't think they need to necessarily pay the top end like a you know a Melbourne Cup that sort of thing. But I think, moreover, just with the way the calendar is, Rosso, um, it's then I guess the 75k becomes relevant because it's okay. What have I got to forego to to run in the nationals um, in terms of my preparation, either for an MDC or for an Adelaide Cup or or so on and so forth, and that's been borne out by the fact that okay, she's a pearl would have actually been in this series had she not um, suffered a small injury. So she actually would have been there, but some of the other top liners where she's fast and a few others deliberately avoided the series just because they had other, um, you know, other goals. And um, I, you know, if you're going to have these sort of races, I think they have to be aspirational and they have to have you know all hands on deck kind of scenario, especially in terms of you know those big profile dogs. So. I mean, what can be done? We sort of mentioned a few different things there on the pen, whether, you know, they, they muck around with adding some new races, um, you know, over the 300 and the 600, because let's, let's be frank, I mean, 300-metre racing is, you know, taking up a great percentage of of the product that we put out there. So we're going to have to start recognising the absolute stars of that distance range. It's no use being snobby about it because it's, you know, because it's less than 500 metres. Um, so, I mean, that was one of the sort of things that was, was bandied about. And there were a few other things that, Um, the boys mentioned um you know patch and daff that that might be able to work in the in the future but um yeah i I guess it's just at the crossroads a little bit i I think one of the key issues is the states obviously pay for the prize money and some of the states some of the smaller states wouldn't necessarily um you know be able to meet any prize money rises and the The obvious example that I raise, I know it's not our sport, but in harness racing in the Dominion, obviously, is to go around to all the states, um, New Zealand included. Well, that doesn't happen anymore because not all the states can afford to run it. It's much like the Olympic Games, I guess, to a much, much smaller extent, but not every country can afford to run an Olympic Games. So, of course, you still want to be part of it. It just doesn't mean you can host it. So maybe that's just the, the thing that needs to change for the nationals. You know, if South Australia or Tasmania or whoever, for want of, you know, just plucking those guys out of the air, can't afford to pay you know, 150k or whatever it needs to be to make the race more relevant, then maybe they just don't host it and it just gets shared around those cities that can.
2: Wiz, really appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing your handsome face on the coverage out of the Nationals on Saturday night. Thanks again.
4: You're not coming over,
2: are Uh, I'm not, but there will be uh, representatives of this country going over, Jason. I'm sure you'll look after them
4: ms whelan no doubt All right i'll look after lizzie if she's coming over mate shame you're not coming over but uh we'll catch up with you next time
2: yeah well somebody's got to look after money or two on a friday was hey thanks <laughs> hey brother <laughs> it's jason lincoln uh sky racing australia I hope you appreciated his it. uh insight into the australian greyhounds there for the nationals this saturday markets open in new zealand tab i certainly did and have taken quite a few notes there well our producer robbie's about to put in a call to uh Gouin price uh, yep, you'll know him through darts. You might know him through rugby and rugby league. He is also, though, the uh, greyhound ambassador for the Great Britain Greyhound Board. All going well. We'll be talking to Gowan right after this. <coughs> well, the dogs are talking, and we were hoping to talk some greyhound racing with uh, darts champion Gowan Price. Now he's on a UK number. He's in Wollongong at the moment in Australia, and um, he's on a UK number, and he's picking up the call, but he can't hear us, so we can't chat to Gerwin just at the moment, and maybe not across the next 10 minutes, which is very unfortunate, but, uh, however, um, we will um, just chat a little bit about um, what he does in greyhound racing, Uh, Dan Roberts, we bring you in, of course, he's he's a Welshman, he's known as the Iceman, Gerwin Price, I don't know a lot about uh, Welsh greyhound racing, do you?
3: No, I can't say I do either, Ozzo, and uh, if you don't know much about it, then we could be in a bit of strife here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: no, well, I, I did. I was actually looking up to see where when when the Welsh Derby might be running, and actually the heats are uh, this coming Saturday uh, at the only greyhound track that's left in Wales, the um, the Valley. Now, it's quite an interesting story. The Valley, at the moment, they're kind of a, what they call a flapping track, and uh, it effectively means that amateur greyhounds, amateur trainers only. But I understand the uh, Great Britain Greyhound Board are looking to make this track uh, fully professional. Um, with, a, with a full professional licence in 2024, which will obviously be a, a real shot in the arm for the for the sport there. I never went greyhound racing in Wales when I was over there 20 years ago. I did go to some pretty interesting tracks um, in Ireland, including Dublin. I uh, was there for uh, the Irish Derby, which is obviously uh, an extraordinary night. There are actually scalpers out the front, would you believe, uh, Dan, um, because... The tickets were so popular. I booked them months in advance. There were scalpers outside with tickets. Could you imagine that at Addington Raceway, uh, New Zealand Cup night? Scalpers outside trying to try to sell your tickets to
3: get into the dogs. Yeah, would be would probably would be a pleasant sight. I mean, it would mean mean there'd be a big crowd there, which wouldn't be a bad thing. But no, it's hard to imagine over here, isn't
2: it? <laughs> it is. Uh, there are other extremes in, in Ireland went to a track at Galway, where it was um. Think of the 50 people that were there, and they had bookies only there. Um, I would say 49 of them were watching the Premier League football, Dan, and I was the only one watching the Greyhound <laughs> racing that night at Galway. Um, also went Greyhound racing in, in Scotland, which was interesting, the five-dog fields. Um, and uh, and that was fairly, fairly low calibre, but but nonetheless well worth looking at. But the Great Britain uh, Greyhound board have uh, made goo and Price an ambassador for greyhound racing because of his involvement. He's got a, a lifelong love and Danny's um a man who's um, been naming some of the greyhound city races after, um yeah, sort of a bit of a, bit of a darts theme as you would expect.
3: Yeah. I, I had a quick, quick read up on him and I see he's had one called grand slam champ and, uh, a couple of others referring to darts. So hopefully we might get to see uh, New Zealand darts, masters or something named along those lines in the next couple of months if he wins uh, wins over here on next weekend.
2: Yeah, yeah indeed. Look, he, he's, he's, he's heading this way. Uh, the next round of the PDC um, is coming to Hamilton this coming Friday and Saturday. And we may see if we can get hold of Gwen next week. I'm actually not going to be on the show, Dan, but I'm sure you'll be um, keen if we can can get him. Uh, on, a, on a number that we can, uh, well, that he can hear us on, would be uh, ideal. Uh, all we were getting was uh, was Gerwin saying hello uh, and no more. Um, but uh, just in terms of the darts uh, at Wollongong, Dan, and I don't know if you've been watching any there, but a Welshman did win the final, uh, Johnny Clayton. But our man, the Ice Man uh, Price, got knocked out in the semi-final. Uh, there, I see, uh, lost to James Wade seven three. Did you catch any of that?
3: To be fair, Rosso, I didn't catch any of that. Um, I've actually been caught up in all the whitewashes happening in the NRL this weekend, including the Warriors. Unfortunately, they're on the receiving end of the whitewash. But um, no, I haven't been focusing too much on the darts.
2: Um, Yeah. Um, Look, it's just a great thing to watch, isn't it, the darts? And um, look, my father uh, and his wife, Alison, they, um, they watch it religiously. And the stuff they miss, they they catch up on on replay. And when they're in the zone, those guys are in the zone. And Dan, you know too that Gerwin, um doesn't mind a bit of rough and tumble. He um <laughs> he can really get in the face. I know he's upset a few uh, in his time uh, in the PDC in the World Championship.
3: Yeah, he uh, he likes to make it a bit controversial, but that makes for good viewing. But um. I don't know I don't think I think I'd just let him go about his business if he, if he got up in my face he's um he's a big ball of muscle I don't think I'd be saying anything too too prompt to him if uh, if he tried to wind me up like that <laughs> He he doesn't look like he's
2: lost much uh in physicality does he um since the time that he was playing professional rugby and professional rugby league and if we are able to catch up with him next week I'd be pretty interested to know um just just how much he focuses on that these days because darts players you know generally uh don't look like <laughs> bodybuilders but he, he still looks to be in great shape
3: yeah absolutely as you say the uh the old darts players they don't really seem to be in too physical condition do they but uh Gerwin's certainly certainly uh the exception to the rule there
2: yeah look he is and obviously these days I mean it, it seems to be a real mental game that darts so um I'd say there's a, there's a heck of a focus on that. But we might be able to catch up with him next week. As I say, he will be in uh, New Zealand. He was um, uh, keen to talk to us, um, and all we could hear, unfortunately, was hello, and he couldn't hear us. But um, that's probably because of the uh, UK number that we were ringing him on. Never mind. Um, it gives us the opportunity to take in a race number one at Monaco on beating Code 9. So... Um, think we'll be able to uh, to pick this up all going well. Uh, we've got uh, $3.50 favourites here, the four and the eight live streaming for Hall of Famer Thane Green and uh, Chipper's Choice for another green, uh, Phil Green out in box eight. They're both at 3 dollars 55 $5.00 around the five big time Gucci. Aaron White doing the calling there today. His numbers in the first are four, three, five and seven. And the Three's the outsider here, Claws in Rocky. You might have even patted on the head at some stage, Dan, but let's get on track for the call. Aaron White, race
0: one. The City of Sales, first of 12. Cornelia Reithman, our startup, asking for the runners to come forward. Allegro, Robbie, Claus and Rocky, big-time Gucci, come forward. The Evens, Just Nair, live-streaming Ford Man, Chipper's Choice up on the outside. Good luck with your investing throughout the year. 12 races today. Some very, very nice races as we work through the dozen... This afternoon. Green light through for the first. Around it comes. Follow Auckland Greyhound Racing Club on Facebook. Spread set. Racing out nicely, big time Gucci from Just Nia They're followed by Chipper's Choice, Allegro Robby up there too. Is live streaming, further back is Ford Man. Clause and Rocky's back of the tail across the top. It's big time Gucci, Just Nia Out wider, Allegro, I should say Chipper's Choice, then Allegro Robby. Up they come though and big time Gucci will take them all the way. Live streaming up for second, they were followed Allegro Robby. Then came Just Nia Out wider on the track to Chipper's Choice, Ford Man and Clause and Rocky back at the tail into the field. Unfortunately, the board not up and uh, running for us here for the year first, so we'll await that time. Big time Gucci, through. the winner so here, Gucci
2: number five at around $5 for Ron and Naomi O'Regan, a, a greyhound that I've called many a time out of the uh, Central Districts, and she picks up her first win at a 12th start at uh, Monaco today. She won the break, was able to control the race, got relatively tight at the end, about a, a neck to half a length on live streaming, who had a, a decent sort of a lunge. Uh, then the two just nigh in for third. Looks like the one-fourth Allegro Robbie narrowly over Chipper's choice. We'll go five four, uh, two and one. in the second, the first leg of the early Quaddy at one twelve. And our earlier guest, Robert Roper, with Buckland Rig, the hot favourite there. And from what he was saying, Dan, I'm just going to
3: anchor him. Yeah, he sounded pretty confident around his chances there, didn't he?
2: He did indeed. And we'll follow him through the remainder of the day. Rob, in race three, number eight, Buckland Boy. He's not actually that wrapped with the, uh, the draw, even though he's won Uh, A couple off uh, box number eight. A little later on, he's got dogs at longer odds. Race five, number three, Allegro Rory. And the one he liked for a little bit of value on an each way basis. Race 10, number one, big time Felix. $11 uh, with the New Zealand book. Look, it's in a really nice field. And you ready Boots is the favourite off box number six. But a one over three bet on uh, Rob's advice there. Race 10, number one, big time Felix. Our thanks again to... Uh, Jason Lincoln from Sky Australia giving us the insight into the Australian Greyhounds and the National Distance Grand Final. Good luck to uh, no keeper and team keeper there with uh, Gary Cleve and Galene and All the best for them uh, for next Saturday night. And next week, Dan, um, well, I'm not going to be around, unfortunately, but um, you will be reviewing the Nationals out of Wentworth Park in Sydney, no doubt, and hopefully talking about a big performance, the Kiwi flag, no keeper.
3: Yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm not sure what time the race is going to be run, New Zealand time. Um, I remember when I was in Western Australia, it was uh, fairly late. They are a few hours behind again. But, um, no, really looking forward to it. No keeper comes up with uh, the ideal draw box too. And Jason Lincoln's instilled a bit of confidence into us with his chances going into that race. So hopefully next week we'll have, uh, have some good news about his running in the, in the Nationals' distance.
2: Indeed. Thanks for your time today, Dan, and uh, also to uh, producer Robbie. Um, desperately trying to make that connection with the Gilwood Price. That is a dog speed for another week. We'll be back in seven days' time with Greyhound Racing New Zealand, talking all things Greyhound Racing and looking back at Nationals Night out of Wentworth Park. Have a good week.
1: Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know.